Monday morning, 7 a.m., the alarm goes off, and I initiate my morning routine. As you just heard, the time was 1987, springtime, almost exactly 24 years ago, and the place was New York City, Manhattan, Hell's Kitchen, where I lived. I was about to embark on the most embarrassing and exhilarating week ever. <laughs> My routine was pretty standardized by now because I'd gotten out of college, and after about 10 months you realize, oh, there's no summer break. And you have to do something, so you come up with a morning routine. My alarm goes off, I have exactly 90 minutes to get to work, and I begin with 28 minutes of stretching every single day. Here's how that worked. I had set my alarm on the far side of my nightstand, and when it would go off, I'd reach over and hit the snooze button. Then I'd grab the covers and pull and stretch back this way. Wait seven minutes, and then it goes off again, and I can stretch back over, and I do it four times, 28 minutes total, started every day with a morning stretch. <laughs> Then I get out of bed. By this time at 7.30, I have 90 minutes to get to work. I'm on a clock, and I do the three SHs. I shave, shower, and shit. I forgot the third thing. <laughs> well, anyway, I go into the bathroom, and I would initiate my morning routine. And, and the way that I got to work efficiently every day was by how I used the shower. So I would get into the shower, and I would do everything in the shower. I mean, you know, we all shampoo, so I shampooed that morning and, and I soaked up and I scrubbed all my body parts, every, every little nook and cranny. But I also shave in the shower and I brush my teeth in the shower and I clean my glasses in the shower. I just do as much as I can to get that all taken care of. Get out of the shower, dry off, get in my suit, uh, go outside, get to work, at work and working by 9 a.m. every single day. The job independent television sales, ITS we called it, and it was about my fourth or fifth job in Manhattan. I had been in Manhattan now for seven years, started off in advertising, $12,000 entry-level job. Got the next job, which was also $12,000, but I made $19,000 with overtime. Then I got recruited by a boutique ad agency, Wells Rich Green, at a $25,000 salary with an assistant and an office with a door on it. Then I go a lateral move to 32000 at ITS, this job I have now, and it was a lateral move, but the nice thing about 32000 is I turned 30 when it happened, so I made 30 by the time I was 30, which is one of my goals, and then this job went from $32,000, they gave me a raise, to $68,000, a $36,000 raise, best job ever and it was it was a great job we would get there we would work our butts off we were a brand new startup company we were competing against all the other people we were representing television stations and selling time to advertising agencies we worked hard and had fun we would all start at 9 a.m we would work all the way till 7 p.m most days skipping lunch unless you had to take a client out for lunch then you, you might do that but usually working through lunch till 7 p.m at which point almost every single night we would take clients out for Dinner. Dinner consisted of drinks. That's all it ever really was. We had unlimited expense accounts. We could do whatever we wanted. We did it almost every single night. And so then I'd be done with the drinks or whatever, and I'd get home sometime between 10 p.m., 1 a.m., usually go in and microwave some popcorn for dinner, heat it up, go to bed, start the process the next day. 
Tuesday morning, 7 a.m., alarm goes off, I go through my morning stretch routine, get out of bed, go into the bathroom, open up the shower curtain, and uh-oh, there's standing water. About this much water in my bathtub from the day before, it had not drained. I looked at it, and my first thought is, I only have 90 minutes. I didn't count on contingencies for things like this. So the first thought as I was getting in, because I knew I had to get in the shower, was, ooh, did I pee in this yesterday? <laughs> and then as I was putting in the other food, it was like, it doesn't matter. It'll dilute more now that I'm going to take a second shower in it, so it'll be fine. So I take the shower in, and probably a little bit brisker this day because I know that it hasn't drained, and I gotta get out of it, and I get out, and I wipe off my feet because I think that's kind of disgusting, and, uh, and dry off, get in my suit, go to work, know I have to take care of it. Work was a whirlwind. Start work at 9 o'clock, really, 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 really busy day. Now, by the way, the apartment in the bathroom, let me tell you a little about the apartment. When you walked in the front door to the left, was a big bedroom, and then next to it was the bathroom, so you could actually almost walk straight into the bathroom when you opened the front door. Next to that, a small kitchen, didn't really matter, didn't cook anyway. And then a really nice living room with two windows that look, overlooked Hell's Kitchen Park. Wood floors, brick wall, fireplace in the brick wall, spiral staircase next to it, leading to another smaller room that could just fit a bed, but it had a half bath connected to it, just a toilet and a sink, and three steps this way to a sliding glass door where you would go out onto the roof for a 360 degree unobstructed view of Midtown Manhattan. Empire State Building, Times Square, the Coke sign at Times Square, Radio City Music Hall, Rockefeller Center where NBC was, Live from New York, it's Saturday night. When they said that on TV, I could look out the window and see exactly where it was coming from. I had the best apartment ever. It was a fifth floor walk-up. But the benefit of that I learned from having lived on the first floor and other things is that you have no mice, no rats, fewer cockroaches, and no crime because all those vermin are lazy. <laughs> they may take an elevator, but they're never going to take the stairs. 86 steps to get to my apartment. The tenant before me was Jeremy Irons. And it made sense because Hell's Kitchen abuts the theater district. And it's really funny because I saw him a number of years later on television with pictures of our apartment. And he was describing it as his humble beginnings in New York. My best apartment ever. <laughs> Back to the tub, though. I had to take care of that. I had to go to work. I go to work. I work really hard all day long. Took some clients out, probably till later that time. Got home around 1 o'clock, microwaved some popcorn, had it for dinner, went to bed. Wednesday morning, 7 a.m., the alarm goes off. Do my 30 minutes, 28 minutes of stretching. Get out of bed, open the bathroom door, and the stench reminds me with a vivid flash of memory of what I forgot about completely yesterday, which was to do anything about the tub. And I walk in, and sure enough, now there's two days, about this much water in the tub. I think immediately, I've only got 90 minutes to get to work. I don't plan for contingencies like this. I've got to get in it again. And at least now, you know, it's, like I said, it's diluted if I had. And I, trust me, I did not pee the second day. I knew I doubted it uh, for sure. But if you look to the water, it, had, it was kind of grayish. And it, and it had shaving cream in it, 
toothpaste foam and stubble and skin and just all kinds of things, but I had to take a shower, so I get in the shower and it's, I've got to remember today, I've got to remember today, I've got to take care of this. And I get out of the shower and I have to wipe down my legs a little bit because it's starting to feel a little bit slimy. So I'll go downstairs, get to work, get there by 9 a.m., take off working, and I was focused today, I was focused on getting that bathtub fixed. I asked everybody in the office, what can, did anybody help me out, what do you know? And one of the guys in the office said, I'll bring in a snake tomorrow. And I know, up to know enough to know that a snake will cure anything. So I can take care of it with a snake, not a problem. I'll take care of it Thursday when I get to work and I get snake, all that. I had one other mission that day. Remember I said it was an exhilarating week. That's because I had the best apartment ever. I had the best job ever. And soon I was gonna have the best girl ever. I had abandoned my vow of celibacy. It's, it's true, I actually vowed to celibacy so I could work harder when I first got to New York. Yeah, it was, I sure realized how dumb that was when I broke the vow. Anyway, I abandoned that vow, so, and I've been dating a couple of women, Bridie, the Irish Buddhist, Potbelly Helen, some really great gals. <laughs> they were wonderful. <laughs> but I had my eyes set on Nancy. Nancy had just moved back to New York City from Boston for a promotion at an ad agency in New York, and she was reevaluating her relationship with her boyfriend in Boston, who her parents hated. Her parents loved me. I had bonded with them a few years earlier. Nancy was my assistant at that $25,000 a year job, and she had invited me out to their place in Scarsdale, their mansion in Scarsdale, for Thanksgiving dinner, and I bonded with her father, kind of with her mother, and a little bit with her sisters, but they liked me. So I'd done a little groundwork, although back then, it didn't matter, because she and I had a working relationship, and that's, that really is all that mattered, although she was outstanding. I remember the first time I met her, the first day on the job, she was just whip-smart professional, knew business like crazy, and she should know business like crazy. Her dad, Harry, was the vice president of New York Life Insurance Company. He took a limo in for work every day and took the limo home, unless he was working late, then he'd stay at one of the three apartments that they owned in Midtown Manhattan. So she knew business, but she also just had a perky, we can do it attitude, and I really appreciated that. And she was pretty cute. Uh, like about five foot four, straight brown hair around an oval face that she said was the product of a C-section baby, uh, allowed to form herself. Uh, and she was just a real, she was a firecracker. Well, she'd gone away and then she came back and now she didn't work for me anymore. So I had begun to woo Nancy. It had started a couple of weeks earlier when she was sick and I told her I'd drop by with soup and I did. Came by with some soup and I had two apples that I had specifically selected because they looked very similar to each other. Two red delicious apples. I gave her the first one, she took a bite. I said, how is it? She goes, it's sweet, it's nice. I said, how's this one? She goes, what do you mean? Well, is this apple better than that apple? And we talked about it, well, the, the, the same color, stuff like that, and finally established she won't know unless she bites into this apple. And as soon as I got that from her, I said, exactly. This apple you have right now that you've bitten into represents your boyfriend in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> this apple represents me. And until you bite into it, you don't know if it's gonna be sweeter or even healthier for you. <laughs> and she kind of giggled, but she's sick, so nothing's gonna happen anyway. But I had planted the seed and started the wooing. <laughs> Wednesday, 
I was to call her and ask her out on our first date, and I did that. I wasn't even nervous. I knew I'd get the best girl ever, and she said, sure. We decided on a, a Broadway play, meet me at my place, 6 p.m. Saturday. Excellent. She'd show up, we'd go out and just pick out a play. I was making enough money then, it didn't matter. I could pay what didn't matter. It was great. So now I was jazzed, best job ever, best apartment ever, and soon I'll have the best girlfriend ever. I was making it in New York City. I go home that night. I know I can't do anything until the next day and I've got a new routine figured out. So I go to, I make some popcorn, I stay out, go with clients until 10 or 11 or whatever, make some popcorn, eat it for dinner, go to bed. Thursday morning, seven, alarm, seven o'clock, the alarm goes off. I skip my stretching exercise because I need time. I get up. And I now am smart enough that I will at least shave and brush my teeth in the sink. But it takes me a little extra time and then get in the shower. And I still had to get in the shower. I still had to go up and I still have to run the water because it's got to get warm. I can't take really cold showers, although it was a little bit cold. And now the water is getting to be right, right about here. It's well up on my calf when I'm in there. And I take a quick shower and I get out and it is just slimy. My legs are super slimy. The towel that I had used the day before I hadn't dried, I used it again, it was starting to smell, even the oh. towel, and get all the slime off. Then I had to go to the sink and rewash my legs. Because they were, they were just off. <laughs> anyway, I had given myself a little extra time also so I could get to the corner market, so I could get something to help me besides the snake that I was gonna get from my buddy at work. Now, they don't have like Fred Meyer in New York, or at least they didn't back then. You just had corner market markets and you were subject to whatever they wanted to carry. I never knew who these guys were that ran the market, whether they're Arab or Israeli or whatever. They're just really nice guys. And I ran into the corner market. I look all over and finally I find one can of Drano with dust all over it right next to the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> grab it. If, if you've been in New York, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I grab it. I buy it. I throw it in my briefcase, catch a cab because I'm running a little bit late, get to work before 9 a.m. right away. Off to work. Working like crazy. My friend forgot the snake, but it doesn't matter because at least I have the Drano. And that night we took out our clients, but I left early. I left by nine o'clock and went home so I could work on things. And I got home, went up the five flights of steps, took off my suit, got the Drano out of my briefcase, walked into the bathroom, looked at the directions. I read English. I even read Spanish. I didn't read whatever language was on here. I think it was Arabic. But the directions were all in a strange foreign language, and I had never used Drano before. And I actually, for a moment, thought maybe I just pour it in there, and it magically funnels its way to the drain, and into the drain, and unclogs everything. However, if that's not true, then tomorrow morning I'm going to add Drano to my swamp shower. <laughs> so I'm not doing it. I'm going to wait till I can get a snake. So I put the Drano away, I microwave some popcorn for dinner, go to bed. Friday morning, 7 a.m., the alarm goes off, turn it off again, no time for exercise in the morning, no stretching, get up, I go into the bathroom, now it is almost, it is about this far away from the top of the tub, and I've gotta, I've gotta be very efficient with, I did as much of a shower as I could in the sink, but I still had to get in the shower, and I did, and I got out, and it was just excruciatingly slimy on my legs, uh, and that towel was stinking up a storm in the corner that I kept on throwing over there, but I did fine. I go to work. Um, Fridays are strange days in New York. On the one hand, I had called Nancy. I never expected to call back from her because Fridays get so crazy busy. They're very calm until 4 p.m. And at 4 p.m., the guys at the very top were like, I have, to get, I have to get that done by Monday morning. Tell these people to get that done. And it hits your desk about 4 o'clock and it goes crazy. So we all work till about 9 o'clock every single night. 
on Friday night. I go home uh, and, I, and I'm just, I'm not gonna do anything. My friend did remember the snake, so now I have the snake. I'm gonna take care of everything on Saturday. Saturday morning, 12 noon. See, I worked very hard, but I did not, if I worked on the weekends, I didn't work till one. And I absolutely didn't get up early on the weekends. I didn't care what the problem was. But the thing I had to do is I went out, I no shower at all, I had to go out and get all the tools, I had to get my arsenal. And I went to the corner market and then another market and another market and went to all these different places until I had a bunch of stuff. Uh, came back up, five flights of steps, laid everything out in the bathroom. I had my arsenal in front of me. I had my bucket. I had my gloves. I had a plunger. I had the Drano and I found English Direction Liquid Plumber, so I bought some of that too. I had the snake and then I went and bought a couple of wrenches because it seemed like the right thing to do. About $100 worth of equipment. <laughs> I grabbed the gloves. This tub was like my great white whale. I grab the plunger, and it's about this far from the top, and I look at it, and it is so gray and murky that I cannot see where the drain is. So I just kind of guess, and I position my plunger over where I think it is, and get really close, and it's really tense, and all of a sudden I hear push, and a little whirlpool starts right below the plunger. I hadn't stuck it in the water yet. It was like a quarter inch above it. And this whirlpool starts. And I honestly believe that somehow I must have caught air and that air created a vacuum that sat down there and, and went all the way through and started the whirlpool going. But I was astounded. I just stared at it. And I could feel it was pulling my plunger in. I could feel it. I was like, this is crazy. And then I realized, oh, wait, it's not pulling it in. There's, there's resistance. There's something that it's pushing on. And I walked around this way, and the other side of the rubber cap on that plunger was resting on the lever at the front of the tub. <laughs> the lever, then if it's up, the drain is open, and if it's down, the drain is closed. It took 30 minutes for that water to drain, and the entire 30 minutes, I just stared. I vowed I will never repeat this story to anybody. Uh-oh. Anyway, totally embarrassed, couldn't believe it happened. It finally gets all the way to the bottom, and I go, and I, and I get whatever cleaning stuff I can. I clean it all up, looking at the clock the whole time. Nancy's going to be here at 6 o'clock. I gotta get everything ready. There's still a bit of a smell, but a little incense will take care of that. And finally, I'm all done. I'm in a suit. It's 5.55 p.m. It's 6 p.m. No Nancy. I call. No answer. 7 p.m. No Nancy. 8 p.m. No Nancy. Nancy never showed up. I had the best job ever. I had the best apartment ever. I didn't get the best girl ever, yet, thank you. <laughs>